gentlemen, we'll begin our final descent. As we prepare for landing, please make sure your seatbelt is fastened and your seat back and tray tables are stowed. Also this time, please put away all carry-in items, including laptop and devices of similar size for landing. landing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to enter Culturama with Diva. Hello listeners and welcome to Culturama with Diva, where simplicity is the best thing. And of course by now you know I'm not the Diva, I'm Sidney Thorpe sitting in for the Diva. And in today's program, we'll hear excerpts from the recently held World Sight Day Forum at the Jamaica Society for the Blind. And before we get into that, we have words from our sponsors. Hello, my name is Saddam Ahmed, and I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Accessible Technology Solutions Enterprises. At Accessible Technology Solutions, we offer highly customized training for all your adaptive technology needs, whether it be JAWS for Windows for someone who's recently gone blind, whether it's learning your Mac or harnessing the amazing potential of your iPhone using adaptive technology like VoiceOver. For more information, please visit us on the website www.accessibletechnologysolutions.com I'm Saddam underscore Ahmed 11 on Twitter at Accessible Technology Solutions Enterprise on Facebook or email us sadam at sadamahmed.com. Accessible Technology Solutions. Your problems, our solutions. We are in a Sanctum Entertainment Limited, proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. We encourage you to listen and join us in a journey of cultures, ideas, and innovations as Diva takes us around the world with her guests. An amazing show with an amazing host. We thank you for accepting the challenge of opening your mind. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited and we are a proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. The World Sight Day Forum was recently held at the Jamaica Society for the Blind and it was under the chairmanship of Dr. Wright who has been associated with the Jamaica Society for the Blind for over 12 years and she did a very good job piloting the proceedings. And the first person we're going to hear from is the president of the Jamaica Teachers Association, Mr. Gabriel, and this is some of what he had to say. As president of the Jamaica Teachers Association, on behalf of the entire teaching force, I want to bring very special greetings to all our partners, and in particular the Jamaica Society for the Blind, for this activity today. The theme that is chosen, Hope Inside, is, is very, very apt. It can be interpreted in different positive ways. And the Jamaica Teachers Association is committed to partnering with you as we execute this noble cause. So we are pleased to join in this annual day of awareness 
focusing global attention on blindness and vision impairment. The Jamaica Teachers Association, through our special education committee, led by Patricia Anglin James, is committed to improving the welfare of all educators and learners with different forms of disabilities, including blindness. One billion people around the world have a preventable vision impairment or one that has yet to be addressed. And estimated 100,000 Jamaicans now classified as blind or visually impaired. A breakdown of these statistics show that this number, of this number about 28,000 are blind. Reduce or absent eyesight can have major long-lasting effects on all aspects of life, including daily personal activities. In interacting with the community access public services. Reduced eyesight can be caused by several factors, including diseases like diabetes and trauma, trauma of the eyes, or conditions such as refractive error, cataracts, age-related macular degeneration, or glaucoma. The majority of vision loss can affect people of all age. Hope inside, therefore, is aptly chosen, as I said before, and, and is spreading awareness about the importance of taking care of our vision, sight protection, educating people about the risk involved in not taking care of our eyes and ways to resolve them. As teachers and educators, we can help to detect students with low vision in our class and make the necessary referrals. Let us look out for the symptoms of low vision and visual impairment and modify our classroom environment to accommodate these students. As we celebrate today, let us pray for the vision of the blind. The Jamaica Teachers Association is supporting the Jamaica Society for the Blind and helping to sustain hope insight by committing a monetary contribution to be delivered in short order. God bless you all as you continue to answer the master's call. Thank you. That was Mr. Jasford Gabriel, president of the Jamaica Teachers Association, as he made his presentation to the World Sight Day Forum at the Jamaica Society for the Blind. And now we're going to hear from Miss Mayani Francis as she makes her presentation, and she's going to talk about symptoms of visual impairment in the classroom. Thank you for that warm welcome, Doctor. And um, all protocols observed, I'm just going to jump right into the presentation. Now, I have here a nice little checklist that I would normally go through with the teachers in order to, you know, identify children who have visual impairment. Sometimes it can be difficult because children are not aware of what they should be seeing. As far as they're concerned, this is how they've been seeing since they were born. And so it, it is kind of difficult to identify or to say or to complain that something is going on with my eyes. I'm going to go through the checklist as a first part of the presentation. And the second part of the presentation, I'm going to talk to you about some research as it relates to computer vision syndrome and using mobile devices. 
as Doc was saying, we are in an age where computers is, is, is what we're using now and we're using it every day. And so we have some specific things that we have to bear in mind as it relates to that. Now, you may find a child that has frequent squinting. And I should point out here that some of these um, that we will identify, it may be normal or it may be relating to something else that is more serious. The, the, the thing to do is to make sure you get a vision test done, a comprehensive eye examination. So the child may be frequently rubbing or blinking the eyes. They may have frequent occurrence of styes on the eyelids. And for those who don't know what that uh, means, it is really like a, a, a bump or a boy looking thing on the, on the eyelid. We need to get that look at. Now, the eyes may turn in or out. In Jamaica, we said that the child has cast eyes. We have to look into that as well because those can result in uh, visual disturbances, even blindness in either or both of the eyes. You may see a child holding a book very close to the eyes very close or the phone or the tablet and you're using it really close and that is usually an indication that the child is nearsighted. The child may be avoiding close work. They don't want to do any reading. They don't want to do anything that is book work and we might think that but the child is, 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 is not into learning. However, it could be a sign of visual disturbance. When I speak with parents or teachers and they talk about disruptive children, one of the things that comes up sometimes is that sometimes the child will run from the back of the classroom, run to the front of the classroom, goes back to the back of the classroom and the front of the classroom and, and they're doing that all day because the child can only see if they're close to the board. And so these are some of the ways in which we can identify that a child may have a visual disturbance. When a child is writing in their book, they may lose a space or skip a line, or they may see, they can't see the letters, they may complain that they can't see the letters clearly, or they are jumping. I had a two-year-old and she demonstrated this symptom and her mom was very observant to identify that. She noticed that when the child is looking at something, she tilts her head slightly to the right. What we realized is that the vision in the left eye was really quite poor. And so the child was tinting the head slightly to the right in order to see from the right eye. A child may omit a letter or miscall a letter, call it something else. They may see an F, call it a T, may see a D, call it a B. So these children need a comprehensive examination to determine whether or not these are related to visual problems. They may demonstrate poor spelling um, skills or reversing letters. They may have difficulty completing their schoolwork. So instead of doing a, a, a half an hour project in the specified time, they take hours to complete the time because it is so difficult with poor vision. They may have a short attention span and they may also have poor eye and hand coordination. So right away, this is a, a long checklist 
of things that you know we can look out for but once we identify any of this it is a signal that we need to get an eye examination for that particular child in more recent times the ministry of education has implemented mandatory vision screening for children and so through that a lot of children have been identified who have vision problems the screening test and would still need to get an eye examination because they have underlying vision problems now on to part two of my presentation millions of children use computers on a daily basis extensive viewing of the computer screen can lead to eye discomfort, fatigue, blurred vision, and headaches, dry eyes, and other symptoms of eye strain. Today, children can experience many of the same symptoms related to the use of computer, just as adults. However, there are some particular aspects of how children use the computer, which may make them more susceptible than adults to the development of these problems. So when we look at these studies, we, we, we see that, you know, children may, may, may use their computers uh, or, or their mobile devices very closely or for a very long period of time. Now, in the age of COVID-19, we have no choice but to turn to alternate means of education. So, Visual impairment or the visual impacts of computer use has been studied extensively in adults, but few studies have been done in children. So, so far, this is what we know, that children who are viewing the computer extensively, they may experience eye discomfort, they may experience fatigue, so they may complain that they're tired, their vision may be blurry, they may have constant headaches, or they may have dry eyes or other symptoms of eye strain. Now, poor lighting and glare and improper workstation setup are actually some of the culprits of why children would experience these visual problems. Children who have a vision problem but were not previously aware will now become increasingly aware because of the, the, the increased use of mobile devices and computers. In most cases, these symptoms occur because the visual demands of the task at hand is far superior that was, that was normally experienced. And so we have to look at this in terms of how we're going to implement this um, homeschooling or internet schooling for children. Now, if a child is doing an enjoyable task, like playing a video game, and I'm sure many of us have seen it, it is really difficult to get them away from that device. Also, they have to be there with great concentration, holding their eyes steady for a long period of time, oftentimes for even hours with few or no break at all. This prolonged activity without any significant break can cause problems in the eye and headaches. So they may develop focusing problems in the eye because of that. And we call that 
accommodation, spasm. So that's a big fancy word, right? But it's, it is mostly caused by the eye strain. Now, they may also get eye irritation. Blinking is often inhibited. So we must remember to blink, especially when we're staring at a computer or a video screen. And this is a habit we're going to have to tell our children, remember to blink. Compounding this, computers are usually located higher in the field than traditional paperwork. So in terms of the positioning of the child, because they're so small, sometimes the screen is a little above them and they have to look up at the screen, which increases dryness and irritation according to the study. Now, children are adaptable. They adapt really quickly. The problem with that though, is that they will ignore problems and not complain. So we must be very observant. We must look at how a child is viewing a screen. We must look at the angle at which they're looking at the screen. And we must ask them specific questions. For example, are you having a headache? Can you please tell me when you're having a headache? So we're going to recap and look at now the points to consider. So one of the most important points is an eye examination. We have to make sure that the child can see clearly and comfortably for regular use of mobile devices and computers so that if they need glasses or some kind of correction, they can get that in place for optimized use. We need to reduce the amount of time that the child continuously uses the computer. So for example, we have a five hour or six hour day of using the computer, then there need to be breaks. It is recommended that a 10 minute break be taken for every hour of work to minimize the development of accommodative eye problems in children. Carefully check the position of the computer. The computer monitor, the keyboard, the laptop, the um, tablet, it should be at eye level for the child. That can be difficult in some cases. Carefully check the lighting for glare on the computer screen. If you can reduce the glare by adding a screen protector on the screen, that would help significantly. Also, windows and other light sources may create glare on the screen. Reduce the amount of lighting in the room. So in some cases, a dimmer light may actually assist in helping the child to focus better and to have less eye strain. So children really do have different needs in order to use a computer comfortably. I trust that this presentation really opened your eyes and really would have provided you with some information in order to take the next step towards helping to identify children with vision impairment. In case you've just joined us, you're listening to Culturama with Diva. I'm Sydney Thorpe sitting in for Diva. And today we are going back to World Sight Day. And we're listening to excerpts from the World Sight Day Forum held at the Jamaica Society for the Blind. And you're now going to listen to two people who are going to be demonstrating equipment that 
can be used by blind people and visually impaired people in the classroom. And the two people, of course, are the librarian at the JSB, Mrs. Kamika Brathwaite, and Mr. Damien Rose, who does all the audio editing at the Jamaica Society for the Blind. So all those wonderful things on YouTube that you hear from time to time, you have Damien Rose to thank. So they're now going to demonstrate equipment about which many of us have little or no knowledge. Education of our population is extremely important if we are to our countries to thrive and be successful at meeting the SDG goals. Education drives economic growth, improves the quality of life of a country's citizenry, and contributes to social stability. Quality of, for, of education for all includes those for children who are blind and visually impaired. Those children, though, are usually at a disadvantage because sometimes the way in which the curricula and instructional systems are implemented, they pose a problem. These children experience problems with understanding academic concepts, completing assignments, and taking exams. What a lot can be said about ensuring that teachers are trained in the necessary skills and techniques necessary and the equipment to teach these students. Today, we also want to highlight how the students themselves can help use technology as a bridge to help themselves to gain academic excellence. Technology has opened up a new world for the blind and visually impaired. Thanks to technology, certain tasks that used to be considered impossible for a blind or visually impaired person to do is now a simple maneuver with the help of some form of technology. Assistive technology is any device or software or device which can allow persons with disabilities to overcome their challenges. Screen reading and optical character recognition software, as well as talking and braille software, has afforded blind persons the ability to use computers, smartphones, and other devices. It is these technologies that can help blind and visually impaired students to surmount the difficulties they may have in the classroom all right so we're going to look at different areas different methods they can use and we're going to start with looking at how they can take notes get instructions and also to hand in assignments so i'm going to hand it over to damian i remember when i was at high school at calabar and there was there were about six of us as blind students at calabar we had six braillers. However, only two of them functioned properly. It would be a race in the mornings to get to the office to get a, a braille. Right? But now, as, as Kamika has said, technology has come a far, far way in terms of aiding a blind or visually impaired student in a classroom. Now, Let's take a look at some of the ways that a student can take notes. Well, let's start at recording. You know that with the teacher's permission, a student can record his or her notes using a digital recorder, which then she can, he or she can then either transfer that information to their tablet 
or laptops using the USB um, port on the on, on the the recorder. In terms of the phones and tablets, there are recorders um, that are available for these systems. For the iPhone, the iPhone has a very good recorder that is called a voice memo. It is very clean, very clear, and it, it, it would work very well in the classroom. For the un Android systems, you can download an app called Amazing MP3 Sound Recorder. And this is one of the better apps for recording. So for both iOS and Android, there are recorders that you can use. If you don't want to record, but you want to get the notes in word format, they also give you the chance to text, as in talk, and the phone or the device would convert it into text. So on, on the Android devices, you have a voice input. So whenever you bring up the keyboard, above the P is a voice input button. When you click that button, you get a prompt, an audio prompt, that you can now say what you want to say. And while you speak, it will take that information, type it into text, and then you can save it. On the iPhone, there's an dictate button also. So when you click that, it performs the same action. For persons who are still able to use Braille, there's also a device called the Orbit Braille Reader that you can use to take notes and you can also read back the information on the Braille display. So it, it, it is both used to take the notes and the student can also be able to read back what he or she typed. As Kamika mentioned, we have apps that are called optical character recognition apps. Now, since the whole advent of technologies, a lot of students these days are taking notes by getting a handout or from the board taking an image of the notes. Now, with these apps, you can, the, the blind persons can now be able to convert those notes into a readable format that the screen reader can, can understand. So, on the iPhone, there's, a, there's an app that, that can be used called Seeing AI, right? So, if somebody sends you are a picture message on the iPhone. You can go in and extract the text from that picture and your screen reader will read it. For the Android, there's one called SuperSense. Earlier, I had Kamika send me a text, right? The picture message. So what I will do, I will go in and I click on the view photo pic um, button, right? Then what I will do now, I will share the image with SuperSense. WhatsApp, SuperSense, WhatsApp, SuperSense. And I click on SuperSense. Activate, double tap, and hold the lock press. SuperSense. Start button. 
the app then extracts the text from the from the document and if i click the play button it will actually read what i have there Right. So, as I said before, it, 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 it extracted the text for for me and make it so that the screen reader can can understand it. For the visually impaired persons, you can use your phone as a magnifier so that you can hold the phone over the text if you are given the, the, the text in the on the handout, and it would magnify. Um, can we, can we get, you want to give them some more information on that? Right. So, um, well, just to, to, you know, repeat, um, you know, when it comes to blind or visually impaired persons receiving information, electronic is, you know, electronically is key. Um, so even to get exams, if they could get it electronically, then the screen readers, whether on any device, whether it's a computer, or the, the smartphones or the tablets, the screen readers will read the information for them, right? Um, not only that, but as, as Damon just showed you, if they do get an electronic document and it's not necessarily in a format that the screen reader is able to, to read from, then there are apps as that, like what he just demonstrated that can do that. Those input methods as it relates to creating documents and in terms of how they can get their handouts and information um, that can be used by both blind or visually impaired students. Let's look at visually impaired students. Persons who are low vision have vision loss that is not characterized by treatment or glasses anymore, right? So they have to resort to other forms of, of um, things that can help them to see better. Uh, they can use magnifiers and the regular optical magnifiers. Yes, some persons can use that, but some persons, low vision persons still can't see those. And then you can go into the world of electronic magnifiers, right? So we're going to look at zoom technology and magnification technology. Uh, as it relates to the phones, for instance, on the iPhone, there is the option to turn on zoom. Now, for a low vision person, that is a great app to have. There's a great option to have because Zoom allows you to magnify or make larger whatever is actually on the screen of the phone or the tablet or whatever it is. Whatever is on the screen, Zoom will allow you to magnify it. So if there's a picture and they can't see properly, they want to see more details, Zoom will help with that. But then there's also magnifier on the phone as well. The magnifier uses the... It uses the back camera of the phone or tablet as well as the, the flashlight and then the low vision person or visually impaired person can take that back camera and put over or in front of anything that they are trying to see over text on paper and it would come up on the screen larger and they can also adjust the magnification and that would help them significantly all right so just in closing we want to just reiterate that there are different types of assistive technologies now available that can help the blind or visually impaired student right we would 
ask or recommend that each person, you know, go through the different methods they have or the different options they have and find the one that fits them best, right? And apply those, right? And of course, you know, Jamaica Society for the Blind stands ready to help to assist persons who will need help to use their devices. All right, thank you. You're listening to the program Culturama with Diva. I'm Sydney Thorpe, sitting in for Diva. And if you've just joined us, you've missed a lot, but don't worry. There's still a lot to get from this program. But before we get into that, we have words from our sponsors. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. We encourage you to listen and join us in a journey of cultures, ideas, and innovations as Diva takes us around the world with her guests. An amazing show with an amazing host. We thank you for accepting the challenge of opening your mind. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited and we are a proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. Hello, my name is Saddam Ahmed and I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Accessible Technology Solutions Enterprises. At Accessible Technology Solutions, we offer highly customized training for all your adaptive technology needs, whether it be JAWS for Windows, for someone who's recently gone blind, whether it's learning your Mac, or harnessing the amazing potential of your iPhone using adaptive technology like VoiceOver. For more information, please visit us on the website, www.accessibletechnologysolutions.com. I'm Saddam underscore Ahmed 11 on Twitter at Accessible Technology Solutions Enterprise on Facebook or email us sadam at sadamahmed.com. Accessible Technology Solutions. Your problems, our solutions. So now we come to our final presentation which is going to be delivered by the guidance counselor of the Salvation Army School for the Blind, Mr. Sean Harvey. And we're going to hear a little of what he had to say about the psychological challenges of overcoming visual impairment for both uh, students and teachers. Here's Sean. The stigma of blindness in... uh heavily conservative society such as ours usually means that there'll be some religious implications um, being brought to bear on why there's a blind person in your family, unfortunately. The denial is further compounded by other family members who will tell these individuals that you will receive your sight, actually going against um, conventional or biological, the biological fact that sometimes explain why the person is losing his or her sight. Made worse by promise, promises of, me go fix your eye one day, somebody go and send some wallet of money and your sight will be restored. Yes, this type of denial actually makes it impossible next to impossible for a child who has recently lost or or are in the process of losing his or her sight 
right, makes it extremely difficult for that person to learn. It renders the teaching and learning process ineffective in a lot of cases, right? Okay, so the next stage would be anger. One of the most short-tempered individuals in the school setting that you can find is somebody who has realized that his or her site is going. Gets into frequent fights and is usually one of the most reported persons to the principal's or dean, dean of discipline's office. Bargaining. We would have, this is, this is the next stage, we would have had um, instances of persons turning to one uh, religion or another, bargaining with God that if you restore my sight, I will become a better person. I will, many other promises made. After bargaining, you would have had depression. Now, this is when the individu individual starts isolating him or herself, right? Um, and all the other psychological characteristics of depression normally start setting in. Changing of one's diet, sleepless nights, um, rejecting formerly enjoyed hobbies along with other signs and symptoms of depression. Acceptance. This is the stage with, um, that we would love to get all persons who are, have already acquired blindness, whether through birth or um, in early childhood. This is the stage that we would love to get our children to. When they are at this stage, they are able to perform. They are able to maximize their academic and vocational and all other potentials. This is a stage that usually results in our students um, who got blind. This is a stage in which those students normally come out, start playing with their friends, start doing all the activities that they once did when they had their sight or um, so all the sports now, they start playing the football, the cricket, the track and field, playing dominoes, going out with um, friends, the social activities and resuming life as they knew it prior to loss of sight or if the person um, has been blind from birth, um, living the life that they, all the persons of his or her similar age group um, from the general population would have been living, right? All right. Um, if the psychological trauma that comes with losing one sight or being blind is supposed to be successfully tackled, is supposed to we a successful intervention is supposed to take place. Usually a counseling program, a counseling program, a thorough counseling program should be administered. The counseling program usually has several objectives. The first of which is to allow the person to process his or her feeling, right? 
allow the person to say what he's feeling, to write what he's feeling, if he's a musically inclined individual to DJ or sing what he or she is feeling. Another important ingredient of that coaching session is providing the, inv the information to the, inv to the individual about his or her sight condition or about the eye, the biological reason for loss of sight. Now, we take it for granted that our students, our children, is aware of things like glaucoma, cataract, and uh, other, other um, eye illnesses. But as the guidance counselor for the Salvation Army School for the Blind, I can tell you that majority of our students who comes to our school and are totally blind or are in the process of losing their sight. They have no idea as to what is happening with their eyes. Mommy or daddy take them to the doctor. Doctor speak, doctor talking this and doctor talking that using several jargons, tell mommy this, tell mommy that and they have no idea as to why, why am I here? Right? What does this mean for my eye? So um, such, such an initiative has to be taken to provide the information to the child, a fulsome detail as to his or her diagnosis. One of the main objectives, one of the main tools that can be used to overcome the psycho psychosocial challenge that comes with blindness is mentorship slash behavior modeling, right? Providing a support group. Now the, the term iron sharpnet iron has never been, it, well, it, it, it's a cliche. And that is why um, it has been said on numerous occasions. It, it, is, it is something repeated every day and I don't think um, persons know how vital this saying or how appropriate it is until it, 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 it is repeated in that circle of blind persons, as in persons who, are, who have already been blind and being assisted by persons who are just discovering their blindness. Now, the setting that Jamaica Society for the Blind and the Salvation Army School for the Blind has really utilizes that tool very effective. Now, what does this mean? These, to illustrate the, the, the evidence of the iron sharpnet iron, I'm going to tell you about a student who we who came to us at the Salvation Army School for the Blind in January, 16 years old, um, lost his sight last year. He came to us, we are boarding school, as some of you may know, for those who don't, we are the only school for the blind in the island. And as of such, we board our students, the ones from the rural area. Now, the first night when that student came on boarding, you know how boys are, we went to kick bottle night and day. That's just a, a part of boarding life. When he woke up and he saw the boys kicking around the bottle in the dark, he's wondering to himself, then, um, how many of them boys are blind? Me don't believe, me don't understand how, how they know the master the bottle if you kick it. Now, in two weeks' time, that individual 
became one of the main staples in our sports day, participating in goal ball, track and field, and all the other events that the students at the school were already participating in. What it did for him, and earlier I would have mentioned the severely, the severe impact that um, blindness sometimes have and the self-esteem. What, it, what, what, what this did for him is to boost his self-esteem, allowing him to realize that, yes, my life is really normal, right? Um, so this severely boosts um, the self-esteem of those individuals because what happens is that those persons get a chance firsthand to see who they could be like, what they can be, and hence is, a, is able to model the behavior of other persons who would have already been um, totally blind. Such a setting is very, extremely vital because as persons in the community of um, persons with blind and visual impairment will know, there is no better teacher right, of life skills to you than somebody who themselves has a blindness or visual impairment. Identity crisis usually characterizes the teenage years of the low vision person. Why? The person who has a low vision sometimes tries to identify with both persons who are totally blind and persons who are visually impaired. And the identity crisis is sometimes made worse by the public's lack of understanding of what blindness is. Because as far as the persons from the general population is concerned, once you have an eye problem, you're supposed to totally blind. So whenever these persons try to function in society on a day-to-day -day basis, all their actions are questioned by um, members of the general population. And the counseling program is usually geared to assist these persons to be assertive, to to be able to explain clearly without being rude, right? Um, their, their, their eye conditions. A person who goes through a full psychosocial intervention, a full counseling program, should be able to speak freely of his or her issues confronting um, blind or visual impairedness. And ultimately, should be able to serve as a mentor for other persons um, who themselves would have been dealing with the same issue. Hence, would have been able to be doing the same thing that I am currently doing, right? And that is when you would have known that this individual has now come what we call full circle, would have achieved total catharsis, would have been fully advanced um, from a psychological standpoint as a blind or visually impaired individual. Thank you very much. And that brings us to the end of our program, Culturama with Diva. And in today's presentation, we had excerpts from the recently held World Sight Day Forum at the Jamaica Society for the Blind. And the chairperson, chairman, chairwoman, whatever you want to call of that function was Dr. Wright, and she has had a very long association with the Jamaica Society for the Blind. She's been 
associated with them for over 12 years. And she cheered wonderfully. I'm sure you will go back and listen whenever you feel like. And we had three presentations from Mayani Francis. Then there was a double presentation from Mrs. Kamika Brathwaite and Mr. Damien Rose. And then, of course, at the end, we had Mr. Sean Harvey, who topped it off, giving us some information on how to get over those psychological barriers if we are either a student or a teacher who happens to be visually impaired or blind. So, until next time soon, when Diva will take the chair and present the program in her own inimitable style, I'm Sydney Thorpe, reminding you that life is a journey. Live good, love God. One love, one heart. Let's get together and feel good. Blessings. <laughs>